Do you remember when you were drowning in a sea of sin, going down for the last time, when you called upon his name, he reached down his nail-scarred hand, and he lifted you out. So remember where you were back then and thank Him for where you are now. Give Him the glory for what He's done in your heart. He took you from sin and strife and gave a new start he took your broken life and he made you complete so take off those crowns of glory and lay them at the savior's feet Do you remember when, with all your heart you longed to serve Him, but you didn't think that Jesus could ever use someone like you? But look how He's used your life since He brought you out. So remember where you were back then and thank Him for where you are now. Give Him the glory for what He's done in your heart. He took you from sin and strife and gave a new start he took your broken life and he made you complete so take off those crowns of glory and cast them at the savior's feet so take off those crowns of glory them at the Savior's feet. We're looking forward to, um, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead, fellas, start taking this down then. Why don't we do that? I'll just talk real loud, okay? We're looking forward to our last in our series here tonight. And again, we started back in February, for the month of February, took a break, I believe, in March, and then come right back, no, let's see, yeah, right back with April, and so here we are finishing up this eight-week series on creation versus evolution, and we certainly enjoyed it, I know I have, I've been encouraged by it tremendously, and we're looking forward to that final one, so Brother Mark, why don't you come share with us again as he concludes the series, creation versus evolution. All righty, thank you once again for coming out tonight, hopefully... Over the past 
Hopefully over the past uh, number of weeks, this has been a tremendous blessing to you. I want to thank Pastor and the church for the opportunity to be able to teach. It truly has been a blessing to me, and I love being able, any chance to do this. I love it. I love it to death. And hopefully it's been a blessing to you so far. But tonight, um, we're going to talk about a few other things. We're going to uh, wrap everything up tonight, and, and we're going to talk about uh, some battles within the church. We're going to talk about New Age creation, progressive creationism, theistic evolution, and then we're going to wrap things up. I want to kind of review. So, so there are some things that we can take away from this series, from these lessons that we don't forget. And I, I really want that to be important. You know, if, if you remember back at the beginning, I had three goals for this, for this whole class. I wanted us to, all, to be able to learn something. I wanted us to be able to learn it for the right reason and to learn it for the right per, uh, person. And, uh, and hopefully we can walk away with something learned here tonight. And hopefully it's more than just knowing that I love rocks, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Hopefully it's more than that, because this is important. This is extremely important. This is something that we can use on a daily basis. I truly believe that. I tru- truly believe that. And hopefully we can walk away with something that is ingrained in our memory, that's something that, that we can use along with the plan of salvation, along with God's word to witness to people, because people are out there and they do not believe in creation. They do not believe in a God. They believe in evolution. They, they are atheists. And we need people who can reach those people. All right, so hopefully that'll be a blessing to you tonight, and we can, we can uh, discuss that. Before we get started tonight, though, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his blessing on, on tonight's service. Heavenly Father, God, what an amazing God you are, and uh, God, we're so, uh, God, we're so blessed to be able to be even in your house tonight. God, we don't deserve it, but yet we're here. God, we thank you for your creation. God, we thank you for dying on the cross for us for making a way to heaven for us, Father. We don't deserve that in the least amount. But yet you you died on the cross for our sins, Father. Help us now to live for you. Help us to be a blessing to you tonight and and every day that we live. Help us to to bring glory and honor to your name uh, above all, Father. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to learn a few things about uh, battles within the church. And, And over the past number of weeks, we've talked about mostly evolution and creation. Right? We've, we've gone back and forth between those two different topics. And we all know the basis of evolution states that the Big Bang allowed the beginning of the cosmos to start from nothing and to evolve to where it is at today. We understand that is what evolution teaches. We also understand what we believe is, is young earth creation, which states that God created the cosmos and everything as we see it in six literal days, six 24-hour days. We believe that as truth, as fact. But there are people who believe somewhere in the middle who want to combine those two. And we're going to learn about those tonight. We're going to learn about progressive creationism and theistic evolution. And we'll learn what those teach tonight. So progressive creationism teaches essentially that God created the cosmos and everything we see in six indefinitely long days. So God still created everything, but it was longer than 24-hour days. It was six periods of time, but it wasn't exactly, you know, 24 hours each time. God still oversaw everything. He was in charge of everything, but it took longer than what the Bible actually says it did. Then there's theistic evolution. Theistic evolution is about one step below that, I would say, and it it states that God created the cosmos at its most basic form and has allowed evolution to guide his creation to where it is at today. So God God created life and everything at, at at the most simple level, and he allowed evolution to be the perfecting process, if you will, to bring us to where we're at today. 
That's what they truly believe. That's what, that's, what, that's what theistic evolutionists believe. So we're going to dive into progressive creationism first and see what exactly is at the root of this theory and what are the flaws with both of these theories as well. So progressive creationism, this theory does not take away from the power of God's word, nor does it intend to. If you listen to people who believe in progressive creationism, they, what they want to do is they want to combine science and the Bible. And, and it allows them to bring the gospel closer to those who believe in evolution. That is, that is their sole intent, is they're weakening the, the Bible in order to be a better witness to the world, essentially. Its goal is to combine the revelation of God's word with the revelation of God's creation, allowing the evidence of science to not keep others from the gospel of Christ. You see, if I believe in evolution, then to me, the Bible is wrong. Uh, creation is wrong. And so therefore, I can't believe what the Bible teaches because I believe in evolution. But if the Bible teaches evolution, now I can agree with it. And that's what progressive creationists, creationists teach, is that the Bible teaches along this pathway. So now we have a better, better chance of, of reaching those who believe in evolution. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get that, but whatever. So then, uh, so then we also see this. Is, are there actual, is there evidence? Is there evidence for progressive creationism? Do we see that in, in, in everyday life? And, and there is. There is, right? Because if there's evidence, evidence for evolution, then there's evidence for progressive creationism. We can find it wherever we want it to. So we see here in, in, in science or in the natural world, there are specific animal fossils found only in their known environment today. So one thing they also don't believe in, they don't believe in a worldwide flood. They believe in a local flood. That is, now that's, that's interesting because before they believed everything else that the Bible teaches and now they're saying, well, we also don't believe in a worldwide flood. And so you see, if you go to one of their websites or, or talk to somebody who believes in that, they, they say, no, I believe everything else a Christian believes. You know, the, the only way to heaven is through God's Son. You know, Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for our sins. We can, you know, we can believe in all this other theology, but just in the, in the beginning of Genesis, we don't believe in that. We don't. They're, they're taken away from the Bible every step at a time. They are. So in order, if they don't believe in a worldwide flood, they believe there's evidence against it. And, and, and one of the things that they use is, there are animal fossils found only in their known environment today. So you look at the continent of Australia. In Australia, you have animals known as marsupials. That's, that would be a kangaroo or a platypus or a koala bear. Those are marsupials. And their, their fossils are only found in Australia. You can't find them throughout the rest of the world. So therefore, if there was a worldwide flood, then we should see fossils of those animals throughout the rest of the world. Should we not? Well, there are not. We can't find those anywhere. So that's one of, their, you know, one of their evidences that they use against a worldwide flood. They also say that when you look at the light from stars that are traveling to Earth, right? light travels through space. We understand that, correct? Light from stars, they're just now arriving to Earth. This light took hundreds of thousands of years to travel here. These stars are so far away from us, and the light is, is traveling at the speed of light, and, and yet it's taken, it's taken light years to get here. So therefore, it's taken, if it's taken hundreds of thousands of years for that light to travel from that star to the earth, then the earth must have been here hundreds of thousands of years in order for that light to travel that distance. Does that make sense? Am I, am I making sense tonight? This is one of the things that they use against a young earth creation. Because the earth has to be older. There, there's no possible way that the light could have traveled that fast. 
something else they say. There are rock formations, uh, actually in the western United States, they consist of more than 20 million annual layers. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about sedimentary rocks and how they form. You know, each year they deposit a certain amount of sediment, and it turns into a rock. And there are the Green River Formation, you can count 20 million annual layers in that rock formation. So therefore, the Earth has to be 20 million years old in order for those formations to be there, right? So science shows one thing, but the Bible teaches another thing. So we just, instead of changing science, we change the Bible to conform with science. That's exactly what they've done. That's exactly what they've done. And, and so progressive creationists, they take one step down. Take one step down, and the goal is to, is to combine the two. And they may want to bring Jesus Christ to, to the world, but they're not. But they're not. So now we look at theistic evolutionists. And there are, there are scriptures that they use as well. We'll, we'll look at those in, in a little bit. There are scriptures that they use to prove their theories, but we'll look into those. So uh, theistic evolution, it states this. The goal is very similar to progressive creationism, stating that there's no contention between modern science and the Bible. They want them to coincide. There should be, that the Bible should not say one thing and science should say another. They should be the same. So they believe that Almighty God oversaw the biological process of evolution and guided each species to evolve to where it is at today. In order to believe that, they must believe that the biblical account in Genesis is not literal. It can't be. Otherwise, their theory is out the window. You and I believe otherwise. It's extremely literal. It's extremely li- It means what it pastor always says this. It says what it means. It means what it says. So therefore, look at what it says, not what it means. It, it says, that, you know, the morning and evening were the first day. That's one day. That's one day. So they, they use a few scripture verses to back up their theory. And the first one is found in Psalms chapter uh, 90. Psalms 90, verse number 4. The Bible says this, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. So they, they look at this verse and say, Okay, so if you take a thousand years in our time, according to God, it's as yesterday, it's as a day, right? Or it could also be as a watch in the night. A watch in the night could be a few hours. So according to God, you know, a thousand years could either be a day or a couple hours, or it could be a thousand years. According to him, Time is, has no relevance. It has no relevance. They also take 2 Peter 3, verse 8. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Now, somehow, you see, before, when progressive creationists believed in a longer period of time, they said that it took each day was a thousand years. Well, they've changed that now, because they understand that it has to take longer than 6,000 years for evolution to take place. They keep changing their theory here. These are the only two verses they have to back up scripture. And what is really the real problem with these two theories? It's the same two problems as evolution. It's the same two problems. You see, at the root of it, neither one of them believes in an almighty God. They might believe in a God, but they don't believe he's almighty. He can't be. He can't be. You see, you and I, to answer, to answer every, every single one of those things, we understand that God could have made the earth with the fossils already in them, already in the process of time. God could have made the cosmos with the light already traveling to earth. God, God could have made it that way because he's almighty. He's all-powerful. We understand that. And if you don't think he can do that, then you think that he's not almighty. 
You think he doesn't have the power to do that. And that's exactly what they are stating here. That's exactly what they are stating here. They're also, they also don't, don't believe that he has an almighty purpose. That he does not have an almighty purpose. You can go back, brother, to the last slide there. Because if you don't, if you don't believe there's an almighty God, then you don't believe he has an almighty purpose. These theories don't teach that. They don't. Because they, they believe that God is, his power is diminished. And I'm sorry, if you're trying to reach the world with the gospel... Why would you diminish the power of your God? Why would you? And this is exactly what they're doing. Now, now those verses that we looked at, those are completely taken out of context. That they're completely taken out of context. Something else you need to realize is both of those verses are in the sight of God, not in the sight of man. They're, they're according to His timetable, not to ours. Not to ours. So God, because God created time, we talked about this before, he can move in and out of time as he pleases. He, can, he views it however he pleases to. It's not up to us. It's up to him. It's how he looks at it. It's not how we look at it. It's totally different. It's totally different. Though, those two theories, they, are, they frustrate me to death. They frustrate me to death. Because it's people, Christians, just like you and I, who might be saved, who might have grown up in church their entire lives, and yet they diminish the power of God. They, they bring him down to a level that coincides with scientists, with, with mere, mere man. And that's not what, what we are supposed to do. That's not what we are supposed to do. Those progressive creations, be careful. Be careful today, church, that you don't fall into these traps. Be careful, because they're wrong. They're wrong. So, so he, this is what we battle with today. The, the church has become so conformed to the world that they change even God's word to agree with, with their ideologies of science. So what these lessons have been about over the past eight weeks is, is to prepare ourselves, is to give us something to fight back with, is to have some knowledge, some virtue that we can, that we can stand our ground. So, so what are some things that we can take away? What are some things that we can use on a daily basis? When we go door knocking, when we're talking to our coworkers, our friends, you know, people we attend school with, what are some things that we can take away with? There's three main things I, I, I pray and I hope that we can all walk away from here. Remembering. Remembering. And here's number one. Remember that there are two flaws with the theory of creation. Remember that. Because when you and I go out and we talk to somebody who's not saved, somebody who, who does not believe in a God, they see there are flaws with the theory of creation. They will. And so when you and I talk to them, they're not going to believe like you and I do. According to us, we've grown up in church our entire lives, or, 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 or if, if we're saved, we believe there's a God, we have a relationship with Him. Remember that we still have a flaw with our theory. Because if our God does not exist, then our theory is out the window. If He is. If He does not exist, then creation cannot happen. And if He does not have an almighty purpose, there's no reason He would have created anything. There's no reason. You have to remember this, because when we're talking to somebody who's not saved, somebody who does not believe in a God, they look at us like we're idiots because we believe, we believe in a God. And typically we look at them like they're idiots because they believe in a theory that has no proof behind it. But you're not going to be able to... You will not be able to discuss on a logical level with somebody when you think they're an idiot. You won't. And there's no way that you and I in our own philosophy and in our own logic, can persuade somebody who believes in evolution or who's an atheist 
to believe in God. There's no way you and I can do it on our own. We can't. You have to allow God to do it. You have to allow it. There's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can show. Typically, those guys are so grounded in what they believe, there's nothing that I can say. I can show them all sorts of scientific evidence, all sorts of scientific facts, but I'm not going to persuade them one way or another. I don't have the power to, nor should I. That's up to God. Only His Spirit has that power to change somebody's heart, not me. Not me, and I don't want that power. I don't. That's up to God. So, so if you were to ever come across an atheist or, or come across somebody who does, not, who does not believe in creation, there's really only a few ways you can handle that. And, and a few ways that I've, I've dealt with atheists or, or, or evolutionists in the past is you give them Scripture. You give them Scripture. Because the Word of God is quick and powerful and pierces even to the dividing asunder. There, there's nothing that you and I can say that's more powerful than the Word of God. Amen. We can't. We can't. God spoke it, not me. Not me. So I've, I've used this a few times. I've challenged people. And if they really want to know if there's a God or not, I've challenged them. And I've said, listen, if you want to know if there's a God, and if you want to know if He can communicate with you, I challenge you. And I, I've said this to a few of my, of my friends at school. I said, Tate, I said, do you have a Bible at home? And he said, yes, I do. I said, do you know where the book of John is? He said, I can find it. I said, I challenge you. For the next month, you read through the book of John. And every single day before you, you, you read that Bible, I said, you get on your hands and your knees and you sincerely ask God to prove himself to you. Say, God, if you're real, show yourself to me through your word. And I told him, I guarantee he will. I guarantee it. It's about time we had some faith in our God. Amen. It's about time we had some faith in our God that he's going to come through on our behalf. That's right. And guess what? He did. <laughs> he did. He read through the book of John, and he said, Mark, you would not believe it. You would not believe it. My mindset completely changed. It works. The Word of God works. It's quick and powerful. We cannot change their minds, but God can. God can. Remember this. They see creation as a fuddy-duddy. Just because I believe it or I say it does not mean anything. It does not mean anything. Because God says it. Because God says it. That's the next thing I want you to remember. Every single time, every single lesson, I've stated this. The last creation of God, His Word, is the first place you and I should go to study His first creation. This is the first place we as Christians should always go. If you take nothing else away from this class, remember that. Remember that. that this comes first. This comes first. Over the past 10 or 12 weeks, I've had a few people come up to me and share with me some, uh, some uh, you know, websites or different things that they've heard. And I love that. Please continue to bring that to me because I love to, to find out new things. But be careful what you read. Be careful what you listen to. And no matter what you hear, no matter what you read, every single time, always compare it with the Word of God. Amen. You always compare science with the Word of God. Otherwise, you're going to fall into a trap like those, like those progressive creationists, like those, like those theistic evolutionists. You're going to fall back into that trap. And what comes first, Bible or science? The Word of God every single time. Every single time. If you don't take anything else away from this class, please remember that. Remember that. The King James Bible, the Word of God, that came first. And I don't mean that this is his last creation because it is not, but his most previous creation. How did God, how did God allow everything to come into existence? He spoke it, right? How, how did this come into existence? He spoke it. He spoke it. So 
please remember this this first this first and then finally remember this is a battleground and we're losing christian you and i are losing we're losing this battleground i know praise the lord when god comes back we're on the winning side but you know what before it comes back i like to have some victories on my own i like to be on the battlefield already winning before he comes back and wipes the enemy out. I don't want to be retreating. I don't want to be running away. I want to be in the middle of the fight. I want to be dirty. I want to be tired. I want to be worn out. I want to have given my everything to him in that battle. And when he comes back, I'll collapse because I'm so worn out. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't want to be all clean and I don't want to be all you know, you know, refreshed and happy. No. I want to be fighting and give my every last all to him. This is a battleground right here, Christian. This is a battleground. I mean, I mean, creation versus evolution is where it starts. That's, that's, that's at the very beginning. You understand that every single child that goes, goes through the public school system, they're taught evolution right off the bat. And that's ingrained in their mind. By the time they graduate, that's, that's, that's what happened. That's what happened. And we, we don't have anybody there. There, there's nobody that can defend the faith in those schools. There, 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 there's nobody that can, that can teach those, those, those children creation and evolution. There's no principal that's going to stand up for its right. There's no professor in, in, in the colleges that can do the same. I understand maybe, maybe God doesn't need us there. And, and I'm sure he doesn't. He can do it on his own. But maybe there's a student that does. Maybe there's a young person that needs a professor that they can go to. Maybe, maybe there's a, a professor that needs a principal that's going to back them up when, when they decide to teach Christian evolution. Maybe, maybe there's a principal that, that needs a Christian lawyer that can back them up when a teacher or a parent sues them. Maybe there's, there's other people out there that need us to, to stand for what's right because it's hard to do it on your own. If, if, if you ever go to study any sort of science in, in, in any secular college, it is hard, but it's even harder if you're a Christian. It's even harder because you have to stand up for what's right. And if you don't have anybody else out there, it's difficult. It's difficult. We, we need a generation of Christians that, that can get back. Two weeks ago, we talked about where, where the founding fathers of science came from, what they believed. We don't have anybody else like that today. We don't. We need people in the schools. We need people in those systems that can that can still teach the gospel of Christ to children, that can teach creation and evolution. There, there's nobody out there. And, and there may be a handful, and those people are more precious to those students than, than, than anybody else. There's, there's something I, I want you to hear, and, and many people debate. This, is, this was said by uh, C.S. Lewis, and many people debate whether he was truly Christian or not, but he wrote a lot of good books, and he said a lot of good things, and he said this. Supposing there was no intelligence behind the universe, no creative mind. In that case, nobody designed my brain for the purpose of thinking. It is merely that when the atoms inside my skull happen, for physical or chemical reasons, to arrange themselves in a certain way, this gives me as a byproduct the sensation I call thought. There's one more slide there, brother. But if so, how can I trust my own thinking to be true? <laughs> It's like upsetting a milk jug and hoping that the way it splashes itself will give you a map of London. But if I can't trust my own thinking, of course, I can't trust the arguments leading to atheism and therefore have no reason to be an atheist or anything else. 
unless I believe in God, I cannot believe in thought. So therefore, so I can never use thought to disbelieve in God. Boy, that debunks everything right there. That's, that's tremendous. That's tremendous. Christian, we, we're in a battle today. We are. And, and we're losing. We're losing. What, what other kind of authors do we have out here that, that are as influential as a man like this? What other scientists do we have that are as influential as they used to be? Where are they? Where are they? We, we, they're, they're dropping like flies. We don't have them. So please, do, do your part in the battle. I understand not everybody is called to, the, to this field. I understand that. And I understand we all have our, our specific purpose and our specific job that God has called us to do. But, but do your part. Fight. Fight. Pray. Work hard. Work hard. God calls us to do that. God calls us to do that. All right, and that, that's all I have, but I'm going to open the floor for questions because I know it's been a lot of, a lot of information over the past um, eight weeks. And so if you do have any questions about anything scientific-related, <laughs> I, I will try to answer if you do. Anybody have any questions? <clears throat> yes. Would you have been suckered into that? Do you think there's enough evolution in the school system to brainwash all of these children that they're not believing? Absolutely. It's, it sounds extremely convincing. It sounds extremely convincing. And that the problem, the problem that, that people have is you cannot truly understand creation if you do not know the Creator. You can't. Uh, creation is, well, it doesn't make any sense if you don't know the Creator, as, as we stated. Right? And if you don't know the God who created everything, then creation is, is just another theory. It, it, you know, it's not going to have any, any proof in the pudding. So you have to know the Creator first in order to understand His creation. And, and if I was not, if the Lord had not found fit to raise me in that home or, or for, for me to get saved, then who knows where I'd be. Who knows where I'd be? Yeah. Anybody else? Yes? Do you hear of any scientists today that are standing up for creation? Right. You do, have, you, do have quite a few, you do have some people standing up. Obviously, you have you know, um, you know, the Institution for Creation Research. You have uh, you know, Answers in Genesis. You have people like that who have you know, their name goes on a mile long because they have so many degrees and different things like that. But those people there, they're... They're not standing for the right word of God, you know. And so th- there are people out there. There are. <laughs> and, and if you dig, you can find them. But it's not as prevalent as it once was. Not by a long shot. So there are, what's that? Right, right. It's a good question. Anybody else? Yes. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm sure right now people are exploring as many areas as they can because, you know, as, as we all know, like you said, technology is exploding right now. 
So, you know, the, the theory of evolution has changed multiple times because of things that they discovered, things that they found. It has changed quite a bit. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> evolution is evolving. <laughs> it is. It changes on a daily basis because of different things that we find. So, I, I would say they just alter what they already believe to fit the evidence that they find. That's what they do. And that's what they're sticking to. That's what they're sticking to. Anything else? We'll take one more. Brother Hill. What do you think it would take to find these individuals to move forward with this discussion as far as proving uh, creation theory? Not, not creation theory, but it would take a large effort. It would take a lot of people who are willing to do the same thing. Most of all, it would take God. Is it possible that, like our pastor, an individual in his knowledge, that as an individual be able to be a, a selected individual to do, move that forward? Not that, I'm not saying that it would. Well, first of all, there would be multiple steps that you'd have to take in order to be prepared. Right. You'd have to be prepared. You'd have to, you'd have to have a number of science degrees. You'd have to be able to speak publicly. You'd have to be doctrinally sound in the Word of God. You'd have to be so many things. You'd have to be prepared in first before you can move forward with this, and and then you'd have to have the funding behind it. You'd have to have you know all these all these different people who are willing to do the work, right. and that's going to take a work of God. What's that? Sure. I mean, it, it it would be tough. It would be, but. That's a good question. All right, Pastor. Yeah, thanks. Well, we uh, just uh, kind of go along with what you're saying. Andrews, Sister Andrews, she's over there in Liechtenstein, and just uh, in her last letter sent back that uh, they there was a um, um, what kind of what kind of doctor was he? A, he was an atheist, first of all. He was an atheist. And uh, just about eight years ago, he, he recognized that everything that he had learned, everything that he had believed was definitely wrong and diametrically wrong, too. Uh, and so he, he went ahead, he trusted Christ as Savior. Now he's doing lectures and seminars on this issue, the very issue you're, you're speaking of. So there are men and women out there who have uh, been educated in this particular field and uh, believe those lies and have come to the conclusions that Brother Mark and the rest of us have from the Word of God. I just wanted to add, Brother Mark, he, he said there were three things that he wanted you to remember, and he touched on them, and real quickly he said, there are two flaws with the theory of creation. He said, there must be an almighty God, there must be an almighty purpose. Number two, the last creation of God, uh, the Bible, His Word, is the first place you and I should go to study his first creation. And then finally, number three said, this is a battleground and we're losing. Well, I don't like to end on losing. 
So I have a number four. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 37. And I know what he's saying. I understand exactly what he meant. The Romans chapter 8, verse 37. A tremendous passage. I just want you to see it. Because it's just it's in the Word just like creation is. The Bible says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. And let me tell you something. The world thinks that there's two strikes and the third one's on its way. But I want you to understand, and you need to always remember, as Brother Mark already said, we are on the winning side. But it's not like we're just going to win someday. We're already winning. Now listen, the fact is today is that every last one of us have a responsibility to herald this message, to hold the banner high, to carry the torch for Jesus Christ. Right. The fact is, is that um, just outdoor knocking the last few weeks, I've run into people who are professed atheists at doors. Listen, we can make a difference right now where we're at. But we have to do, like Brother Mark said, we're going to have to spend a little bit of time studying and going a little bit deeper than just coming to Sunday school and listening to somebody talk a while and then leave here and go, well, that was a pretty little lesson. That was cute. And I enjoyed that. That lifted me up. But let me ask you something. If I asked you to go back and give me that outline without looking at your notes, could you tell me what it was? Could you tell me the gist of it? Could you even point to the scriptures? You'd say, well, I forgot. I don't even remember what that lesson was. Well, we're never going to make a, an impact on this front until a couple of uh, God's people, all of God's people, start saying, not only am I going to read the Word and know what it says, but I'm going to take some time to maybe read a book, try to understand a little bit more about the concept and the, the actual reality of this, so that I can say something intelligently and speak intelligently about this. And that the day that we say we're too old to learn about it, then I say shut your TVs off because the world's teaching you things every single day when you look at that television set. Shut it off. You say, I can't learn anymore. You're learning all the time. Stop watching basketball. Stop watching baseball. Stop watching all the sports because you're learning things. I could ask you, who's the best player in the NBA? Everybody goes, oh, I know. I've learned. That's LeBron James. Or, oh, I think that's Steph Curry. All right? Everybody's got an opinion because they've heard something. They've learned something along the way. And they've made an application of that knowledge they've learned. Let me tell you something. There's not one of us too old that we can't get in the Word of God and we can't get out of those books and into some books that maybe Brother Mark could even encourage us to read that might help us at that door and might help us to be more effective in disseminating and distributing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now listen, the world is going to hell. And people believe in this mess called evolution. They believe in this atheistic attitude of the world. Listen, we've got to do something about it. We can't just say, well, there's nothing we can do. It's just like the presidential race. It's just like our economy. It's just like our social problems. There's nothing we can do. We can vote, but it won't do any good. Who cares about Christianity? Who cares about evolution? We can't do nothing about it. We can do something about it. Listen, every last one of you, if you have any children, know that there are some, your children have some friends, and they have some friends, and people know people. You've got people you deal with outside of this place. Come on. Somebody needs to hear the truth around here. Instead of keeping some of these things to ourselves because we're so ignorant about them. And that's what the reality is. We're ignorant today. If I said to you, show me two scriptures outside of Genesis 1-1 that teaches creation, you'd probably go, well, uh, well, uh, uh, well. 
Show me two spots that teach that man is, is an amazing creature. You say, oh, fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, where's it at? Was that in your Bible? Do you know that it's in 139, the Psalm 139? Do you even know that? And then we'll say things like, I just don't know. There's no hope. Yeah, there's no hope because we don't carry the truth. We know things in our head, just those little catchphrases we hear pastors and teachers say. But we've got to be able to use this book. It is a sword, my friend. This is, as Brother Mark said, this is where we win the battle. The Word of God. Not what we think we know, but what we can prove we know from the Word of God. I just want to encourage you. Don't settle for being mediocre. If you take time to read the newspaper, take time to learn something about how or why creation is what it is and how you can defend it in the public eye. I'm just saying, let's work at this. I'm with Brother Mark. I believe with all my heart that creation is the battleground today. I'm just convinced of it. We are wasting our time telling people about a God they don't even believe in. We're wasting our time. We're going to spend all this money on a radio broadcast, spend all this money on television time, spend all this money on passing out tracts, and people don't even know who God is. They're going, this is stupid. What's this tract about God? I don't even believe in Him. They throw it away. We've got to start at ground zero here. We're going to have to start producing some materials now that address that issue first and foremost. We need to start arming ourselves personally as we knock on doors. And, and start training each other on how to address people that say, I don't believe in a God. Well, what verses should we share first? And what should we do next? And we're going to try to help you with that along the way. It's important that you are equipped to do that. Just as important as you know the plan, we've got to know why the plan is important. And that's because there's a God in heaven that many in this world don't believe in. So let's work on it. Let's just take some time to figure that out along the way. And between Brother Mark and I, I think we're going to get together and put a class together on how to address that issue at the door. Amen. How do we deal with someone that says, oh, I don't even believe there's a God? What's the next step? What do you say then? What verse can you take them to? And we're going to work on that. And we're going to get something put together here in the next couple of three months. And then by the time we get toward our fall campaign, we're going to be loaded for bear ready to hit the streets with it because we've got to do something to equip ourselves to get the job done. We're all guilty to some degree here, every one of us, because this is tough stuff. It's where the rubber meets the road today, and it's the battleground. And so Satan is not happy when you start trying to put any effort into this. And so it's going to make it tough on you. And so don't get discouraged when you go, boy, it's a lot of work. This is hard stuff. I can't understand that science stuff. Well, we're going to try to make it simple enough that anybody can at least address the issue at the door for at least a period of time. Oh, you got all these know-it-alls. And we think we're know-it-alls too sometimes. So, you know what? We'll at least be able to address it and go forward with it. And maybe along the way, before we even get there, you already figured some things out. And that'll be great. So, Brother Mark, we got a job to do. And we're going to have to get that done. I've just enlisted him. <laughs> all right. <laughs> He can handle it, can he? Well, we appreciate it. It's been a great series, brother. I've been encouraged by it, blessed by it. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Father, we.